This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian slash comedian Dennis Miller and his guy Friday Christian Blatt. So let's light that candle, Hiroshi. Ladies and gentlemen, Dennis Miller. Hey, folks, welcome to the uh, Dennis Miller Option. We're going to be joined in a few minutes by Chris Jericho, um, wrestler par excellence. I'd have to say Jericho is one of the biggest... Uh, you don't follow wrestling, do you, Chris? No, but enough so that I mean I'm aware of wrestling that I certainly knew who he was. You know, I mean, my son follows it, and he tells me certainly on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Yeah, longevity and uh, personality, and I also don't think it's a heartbreak city where he's falling off a cage feet, not making any money off it. <laughs> so, you always hear about that guy. It's not you know, the Mickey Rourke movie. No, no, it's like, uh, what was what was his name? Well, he wrestled under the name Deep Range. And and what's he doing now? Well, he's a greeter at the Greyhound term, you know, so it's not that story. This this cat's maxed it up. So, and I uh I I did a pilot once with him. Yeah, we met the guy at LaGuardia. No. Um I did- <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it, so you, you kind of a lot of uh, bad news today, huh? Yeah. Jesus, uh, this is we're taping this on the day that all these, uh, and I have just been hiking with Jimmy Connors for two hours, hard hike. I come back, I see all this. Has any of the bombs gone off? None I that don't I see anything. I have read about no bombs going off. That is oh, correct. thank God, yeah. Jesus. Um, well, and thank God they have their drill down, but it looks like uh, pipe bombs are being sent out. I'll try to read up on it, but certainly I'm not going to dump that at Chris's doorstep. Uh, I know nothing about it right now except the headlines I see, and I'll know more as I, uh, after I talk to Chris, we'll peruse a little Christian, see if you have any pertinence, you can look it up. But by and large, uh, my thoughts on it, the world's gone mad. How about that? I think that's uh, a fair assessment. The world's gone mad. You know who... Uh, you know who one of the Unabomber's victims were? Uh, do you know the author David Gerlertner? Gerlentner. Uh I never knew how to say that name, but yeah, I, me I either, am a Chris, Isn't that weird <laughs> that I can look at that name and not know? But he wrote the 39, uh, the World's Fair book. Right. It, which is a great book, folks, about the World's Fair. And imagine that nut Unabomber signaling him out. Sent him an envelope and he blew his hand off. I only know because my son went to college with his son. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just trying to think, how do you signal out a guy who, well, I guess he's obviously written a bunch of stuff, but he's written one of the most beautiful uh, timepieces about the 39 World's Fair. And I was just thinking, geez, imagine this asshole sitting out in a shack somewhere. Where did the guy live, by the way? Because I, I had a tour guide once, believe it or not. I was in Hawaii. Like way back past the dull primary pineapple field. Sure. And I don't mean Bob. Uh, but uh, oddly enough, it was Bob Dole selling pineapples. But uh, I was way out in the back 80. And the guy said there was a little shack. And I said, uh, is that where, uh, you know, the uh, it looks so homey. I said, does somebody live in there? Is that the guy? He said, that's the Unabomber shack. <laughs> and I said, is this where that guy lived? And he said, no, no, he's the mainland. And I'm thinking. Uh, uh, excuse me, no tip. <laughs> uh, he, the his, fuck are you laying that on me for? I'm not, I don't know. Sir, huh? I didn't realize I was uh, speaking. Uh, Christian, you are cruising for a bruising, man. I am going to light you up. No, go ahead. Oh, God, send me a pipe bomb. Uh, Ted Kaczynski lived in a shack <laughs> near Lincoln. Wait, wait a second. This is one of those ones I got to mark. Christians. I, I said it. Christians. Don't call me. That's right. At um, Christian DMZ on Twitter and Instagram. Anyway, Ted Kaczynski lived in a shack near Lincoln, Montana. He was on the outskirts well, of Lincoln. That's not Hawaii. Is Lincoln, Montana one of the smaller islands? Yeah. You know, there's the big island, and then there's Lincoln, Montana. You're fat shaming that island when you call it the big island. You're right. No, that's that's on me. That's another Have one. Have you, you ever scuba dove? No, they tell me I can't. Oh. <laughs> You can't let they keep you down, little man. I'm not supposed to go under the water. I'm just supposed to be on it. You, you've got to go for it. Well, listen. I, who's the biggest wuss you know ever met? Oh, who is the biggest wuss that you've ever been on the radio with? Honestly, Salman. Oh, okay. Well, who's second? You. Okay. I was stupid. You did. Oh, don't do it. It's cr- you know what it's like? It's like wet skydiving. 
it's the same sort of thing. Like, what am I doing this for? Did I, I did you see some rapper fell out of a plane yesterday? I, I did. It was on a video shoot, so it wasn't even it, it wasn't even because he was, you know, planning on skydiving just Kids for are getting fun. Killed out of, for YouTube channels. I mean, it's uh he didn't even have a proper show, did he? Not that not as far as I know, yeah. Well, what was the was the premise and I did not read the story cuz I thought um didn't read it but i can't say i was afraid of it i just thought what a waste yeah was he skydiving or was he just trying to stand on the outside of the plane standing on the outside of the plane i think that's what i think yeah i'm trying to uh oh my dig God. a little deeper on Thanks. it but. just that's, listen that's when you know that you've got to you know you, you you've got to take a different avenue in show business that's that that's just you see these kids fall. I saw a tape last week of a woman doing a selfie and fell off a hotel balcony. Yeah. So uh, anyway, showbiz is hard enough. Don't don't kill yourself trying to get on the the internet. But uh, how did I get to there? Uh, scuba diving. Oh, all right. I don't even. Know. Oh, scuba diving. You did it, and, and I still yeah. haven't. I was at a place called Malakini out there. It's shaped like one of those. You know when you want to clean your teeth and you put acid in a cheap plastic thing and bite on it? I'm familiar with that practice, sure. It's shaped like that, one of those things, like a mouthpiece, a right. little thing called malakini. And you go into the middle of the sea. You're like the star in the Iranian flag or something. Does Iran have a flag with a star in it? Yeah, I think so. A big, glorious superstar. I mean, Yahoo's serious. Um <laughs> So I went down, and it was okay. I was like uh, touching Finn. And you know me. Oh. Ever since Saigon, I had a thing about touching Finn. So I'm down there, and there's coral, and it's all beautiful colors. But if you do scuba dive, and you're innately a wuss like I am, keep your eyes right in front of you. Look at the things right in front of you. Because if you like look up for a second and see your boat that you came down off bobbing like a cork, and I think I was 40 feet down. It's hardly like uh, it freaked me out, man. And then here, think about this when you're going to scuba dive. I'm down there, and I've got a sneeze. I've got oh, an itchy no. nose, and I haven't cleared this with the guy. So, you know, when you sneeze, you can get up to a point of holding it, and then it lets loose, you know? It's like a nosegasm or something. You you don't control it at that point. So I'm thinking, i got to sneeze. Is this going to blow my brains out or my lungs or and i thought what the fuck am i doing <laughs> look that's my boat up there the cork and i gotta sneeze and i just looked at the guy and you know you were supposed to make a very cogent distinct hand signal that you wanted to go up and mine was just like uh, yeah. like the complete <laughs> chaos panic in my eye and i started swimming up and then you have to slow yourself down because you think oh i don't want to get an embolism you know what an envelope is. It's like, pretend your head strawberry preserves. It's a botulism in your brain. So I have to stop 10 feet up, and I'm thinking, I paid for this. I'm in for 400 <laughs> bucks for this shit. I could be back at the, the pool, pretend reading a novel or something. Oh, nightmare. What I'm saying is scuba diving's horrible, and uh, skydiving's horrible. Stay here and be bored with yourself. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Stay on the surface the solid surface you're on, and just find yourself an utter drag. But don't start fucking around up there or down there. Yeah. You hear me, you kids? Get off my lawn! Especially if you're subscribed to this <laughs> podcast. We need the downloads. So please take care of yourself. I believe we're going to uh, connect with Chris Jericho now. Dang There's going to be some dialogues. It'll be... Uh, what are you doing? Well, watch. I Why, mean, we we should have did listen. this before and pre-taped this segment and ran it later, and so we didn't hear all the dialogue. I know. That's uh, you know what, Casey. He's just uh, he's just making everything difficult. Do a little bit. <laughs> Make a little I'm afraid, love. I'm afraid Chris Jericho is going to hang up on you if he. <laughs> Never uh, kid me. That's my jam right there. <laughs> of course, it's his jam. Brother, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. How you doing? 
good to talk to you, baby. Chris and I uh, taped a pilot once for some. I can't even remember what the game show was, but uh, it seemed like an un, uh, like a, a a quirky premise. And but we had a blast. We sat over there, and just laughed yeah. our asses off for I, four hours. I was thinking about that today. It was something along the lines of like the best of like the best hair metal band or the best horror movie or the best basketball player of all time and we sat there and debated it in front of a live studio audience and uh, unfortunately it never made it anywhere despite uh, that premise sounding so amazing as I repeat it to you <laughs> you know brother they should have Christopher you think about it they should have booked it just because we we had that uh, young brother who was a cool cat switched on a black guy and then we had the the girl who was all over in the internet they should have booked it just for the quad right i mean we were a pretty funky quartet i remember that girl was like like a legitimate genius too like she was an actual like rocket scientist or something well what like am that. i an asshole <laughs> I was the one making you laugh. What, what, what do you mean? She was mixing up bicarbonate of soda. I, I was next to you, and she's she the genius. She had glasses, like any girl with glasses. Oh, is smart. Well, there, there's that solves it all. That, now there, there's enough to get people calling. Now all you have to do is get glasses on. Yeah, right. It's the end oh, of the yeah. world as we I, know it. Sit down. If you're going to write me a note about that, sit down. I don't want to hear it. All right. We're talking to my uh, friend. And you know what? My son is a big uh, wrestling fan, and he said to give you propers because he said, Dad, you realize? And I I said, well, you know, I hung with him. I watched some wrestling. But uh, he said, you know, Chris is on the Mount Rushmore all time of wrestling. So he said to give you your propers, brother, because he said nobody has had a longer run, more interesting arcs, or at least uh, made some quan off it. You're not a heartbreak, you know, like you. a lot of guys get taken in businesses. But he said, no, no, he managed his business. He managed his storylines. He was a great uh, wrestler physically. So he gave you high kudos, brother. I had to pass that on. Well, I appreciate that and also appreciate the fact that I finally found out what the word props is short for. Propers. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. Well, yeah, listen, you've taken a few bangs in the head on the, the squared circle. <laughs> you know, when they start banging your head off that corrugated tin stairs, you know, that, that'll scramble all the brain gel in there. Um, well, it's, hard, it's hard to keep up with you sometimes. I remember you are the guy that used the term the sword of Damocles on Monday Night Football. That went right yeah. over the heads of the uh, Midwestern demographic, I'd have to say. Yeah, then it was off with my head two weeks later when I got whacked <laughs> for using shit like that. <laughs> They took me out of carotid artery level, baby. Uh, and I think they brought that reference up when they whacked me. Hey, the Chris Jericho cruise is setting sail this weekend. For more information, go to chrisjerichocruise.com. And uh, well, explain the premise to me, baby. Is there going to be wrestling on the cruise? Or tell, tell me the deal. Yeah, what, hap- what happened? And actually, we just announced today that we're sold out. Um, which is just under the wire because, like you said, we leave on Saturday. But this Beautiful has been brother. three years in the making for this. Um, and the, where I came up with the idea is that my band, Fozzie, we played the Kiss Cruise in 2015. And it was such a great experience from a professional standpoint, from a fan standpoint, that as soon as the Kiss Cruise docked, I got off the boat and said, you know, I want to do my All own right. cruise. I want to do a cruise of what I'm known for, which is rock and roll and wrestling, and then add some other elements of things that I enjoy, live comedy, uh, some paranormal stuff, uh, live podcasting. And that's kind of where it all started out from. And, you know, three years later, here we are. And there will be wrestling on the ship in the middle of the ocean for the first time ever. That so that was fun. kind of the, 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 the key to it, to, to figure out how to make that happen and to see if people would want to see it. And it seems like they do. Well, listen, folks, I would tell you where to go for ducats, but you can hear it's sold out. But look into next year's. If there's been three and three selling out, go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com. It's like the NCAA Final Four. You've got to get in early on these tickets. And can I tell you something about the Kiss Cruise? Knowing uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, as I do, they would deliberately run the ship on the shoals and then set up a table to sell life jackets out of the main deck. Because <laughs> co- coffee is for closers, and those guys are closers. Right there. 
they get the, they get the steak knives and the Cadillac for sure. <laughs> Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross references. Uh, you you get the steak knives. And on November 3rd, my birthday, by the way, Christopher has a pay-per-view event called Streaming for Vengeance on FITE. Dot TV, which will feature matches filmed on the cruise. So, uh, FITE TV. God, nobody knows more platforms than you, brother. I'm telling you, every time I check, you're on a different platform. I picked up your show on fucking Morse code the other night. <laughs> well, the thing is, Dennis, you're getting too, uh, too cerebral. It's actually just Fight TV. Oh, FITE okay. spells fight. Well, listen, if I said Fight TV, couldn't they have possibly mislabeled it and went to FIGHT and then you don't get the, the Gitas? And bingo, there you go. That's why you are higher up on the food chain than I am, my friend. Always, Thank be, you, always be closing. Always I be appreciate. closing. <laughs> now, listen, Christian, my, my producer, Christian, loves Fozzie. Tell me, uh, tell me, listen, folks, the guy's got a whole alternative universe. It's uh, the wrestling and then lead singer in the rock band Fozzie. How's this come, uh, uh, how's this come together, Chris? Um. Well, first of all, let me just tell you a quick story about, about the wrestling on the cruise. I was going to mention to you that. Okay. So because because this this uh, has never happened before, uh, I actually had to have, and this is no joke, I actually had to have a team of engineers come on board the ship to decide how to secure the uh, the ring to the deck so it doesn't, I don't know, slide over the edge right. of the ocean. Well, that um, makes sense. And, and they based the whole thing around water ballast. Which I don't even know what a, what a what a fucking ballast is, but I had to pay thousands of dollars to get these ballasts to keep the ring secured to the top of the cruise ship. So you know that uh, things are very much uh, taken care of and very much researched when the team of engineers forced me yeah. to buy water ballast. Well, listen, Chris, I don't have to remind you. I told you the story the night I was on the Poseidon and Bruno Sammartino ran George the Animal Steel into the turnbuckle and flipped the whole goddamn ship over. <laughs> I think uh, Gene Hackman was there as well, from, from what I recall. Yes, he was. Remember, he got carpal tunnel from trying to open that valve. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, uh, going back to going back to Fozzie, uh, when I was a kid. <laughs> Growing up in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Wait a second. Canada. Hold that Fozzie story for a second, because I have to. Re I, I just have to say real quickly before we move on. When Shelley Winters is the best anaerobic person you have in a six-person group, you're out of shape. Anyway, back to Fozzie. Now. <laughs> you know you're in trouble. You're you're heading. To, you're sinking to the bottom of the ocean like a stone. <laughs> When Jack Albertson says, no, let Shelly Winters swim underwater, for she's a pearl diver. That's when you know you're screwed. <laughs> wasn't that, wasn't that the, the, the day, though, like when you would have all these disaster movies just filled with all of those guys? It was like an episode of Fantasy Island, but if Fantasy Island was on fire and besieged by cannibals. Yeah, the like best one. Be the, the best whole, one whole being that. Yeah, the best one being Towering Inferno. When at the end you got McQueen and Newman, and you're always thinking to yourself, could there be more charisma in a movie than uh, than uh, Paul Newman and Robert Redford and Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid? And indeed, there is. There's only one coupling that uh, <laughs> obliterates that charisma wise, and it's McQueen and Newman in uh, the, the uh, Deadly Inferno or whatever, Towering Inferno. <laughs> anyway. Can I go on a little bit of a rant here, Dennis? Since you just mentioned something that's been bothering me for a couple of days. Huh? So I was watching uh, previews for this movie that's coming out. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. I'm sure your producer can look it up when I say it. And it says, directed by Steve McQueen. Okay? Right. And I'm like, what does that mean? Is this like a lost movie? It's called Widows, this... I think, right? Or something. I saw an ad for a thing called Widows. And I saw the yes. same thing. And... Uh, Christian, it's is another, that his kid? Another Steve McQueen. Right. Just a completely different guy. I mean, he, he's... How, he's how a, can you do that? There's already a Steve McQueen. You can't call yourself Steve McQueen again. That name's taken. It's like you can't wear number 99 in the NHL because <laughs> Wayne Gretzky wore it, and it's taken. Shouldn't you retire right. a name? When you're right... You're right. I don't have to tell you that he should change his name to something that hasn't been used, like, say, Alexander McQueen. Oh, wait, that was a fashion guy. Um, 
But Stephen McQueen, maybe that's something. fine. Steve, Steve J McQueen, whatever his middle initial is. Steve-o. Steve-o. But Dennis, do, don't I remember correctly that at one point SAG wanted you to change your name to uh, Gloria Loring? Yeah, right. Exactly. Was that was true. That yeah. was true. Gloria Loring, but apparently she has that copyright, so you can't do that. And then Jeez. I was just going to be Paul McCartney. But, yeah. you know, I figured that wouldn't really fit. No, so, <laughs> the, the whole Steve McQueen, this is where the Hollywood cognoscenti, I mean, you're a SAG member, Dennis. Isn't this what we pay our dues for? So people will step in and go, hey, man, you need to add a, a middle initial on that name. I agree with you, brother. I think somebody should have tackled him right when he came in the SAG door and said, listen, you can't take that. And no, if you're also known as Jesus Christ, that one's taken, too. So, <laughs> Get it together. All right, back to Fozzie, my friend. Lay it on me. All right. Um, Yeah, so when I was a kid in Winnipeg, Canada, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere up in the prairies, northern Canada, um, I wanted to be a wrestler, and I wanted to be in a rock and roll band. Those were my two goals that I had uh, from a very young age. I remember, like, even pre-teenager decided I wanted to do those two things, and I just focused my life on making that happen, and I didn't listen to people that – thought that I couldn't do it. Um, I didn't listen to people that uh, told me that I was crazy. Mm. I just went and and worked on it and and focused on it and made it happen. So that's kind of where the whole premise of being in a band started was way back when I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. And that's when I started playing in bands. And when, you know, wrestling took off first, and then I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to get involved in, in rock and roll as well. So about, I guess it was about 15 years ago, we started Fozzie and, um, you know, kind of chipped away at it. And about five years ago, decided let's make it a full-time gig and see what we can really do with it. And our latest record called Judas has uh, three top 10 singles on it now. So we've really been able to make some inroads and, and get to that next level over the last year and a half. On what chart, Christopher? Uh, on the heavy metal chart? or three uh, It's called sing- Mainstream Rock. The mainstream Beautiful. rock charts. So if you go on Billboard, you'll see rock charts, and there's about 75 different genres. But the mainstream rock chart is the big one. That's the one that has all the heavy hitters on it. Um, and, you know, it's it's hard to get in those charts, you know, because it's still based on, I'm not going to say payola, but there's a lot of, you know, right. scratch my back, scratch yeah. your back type of thing. You know, there's a lot of, of the business and politics behind it. So to get yeah. one open the door to get two and three so it's been like i said it's been a long uh, a long journey but very gratifying when you finally get to that uh, to get to that next level well god bless man when you were a kid did one of those uh, exceed the other or were they both equal in your uh, seesaw in your brain about being a wrestler and a rock star or did one kind of appeal to you more well my dad played pro hockey right he played mm-hmm. for the new york rangers he played for the la kings um, and I liked hockey, but I just thought it's just a bunch of guys that look the same. You know, they wear the same outfits, right. and if they're wearing helmets, you can't really see their faces. I liked the elements of rock and roll and wrestling in that they were based around individuals, especially if you're talking about rock and roll, but the great front men, mm-hmm. like Freddie Mercury and, and, and Mick Jagger and David Lee Roth and Paul Stanley and those mm-hmm. type of guys. So I liked that element of it, and then I liked the character element of wrestling, where it was all based around these larger-than-life personalities. So it was kind of a combination of, of the two, and just wanting to kind of be on the spotlight and connect with the audience. And I remember I used to watch wrestling with my grandmother, and Jesse the Body Ventura was really popular uh, at the time in the, in, the, in the wrestling company that we watched called AWA out of Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And she, she hated him. He was, he was the bad guy. But deep down inside, I didn't want to go, you know, across my grandmother. But I was thinking, she's crazy. Like, this guy's the best. I love this guy. And so that's kind of where I started figuring out it's not about the moves or the body slams or all that sort of thing. It's about the character and the charisma and connecting with the audience the same way that a great frontman will, the same way that a great comedian will. When you're in front of a live crowd, you have to get that connection. And once you get it, you'll always have a good show. We're talking to the uh, great Chris Jericho and the multifaceted guy, really, Renaissance guy. Coming out of Winnipeg, you were dreaming big, brother, because I've done that gig. And I remember I stayed in a hotel downtown that was like a like a castle or something. Do you know that hotel? Yeah, I think it's, it's called the Fort Gary. 
Yeah. Fort Gary Hotel. Yeah. And wow. it, it is, Listen, yeah, it's like a, it's like an old fort. Exactly. I had to pile like. furniture against the door because at three o'clock in the morning, a guy named Gary would try to get in. That's why they called it Fort Gary. It was What's his fort. Yeah, that's the rule. You can come in out of any room you want. For necessity. Um, now, Christopher, I have to get serious for a second because this laid me out. I do watch wrestling uh, with my son when he's up because we share, you know, the, those moments. He he loves it. He never misses either night, both weeks or both a week. And uh, right. I, Roman Reigns, that absolutely was so. Uh, I wasn't watching it in real time, but he called me right away, and I was so uh, saddened by that because he always seemed like such a a good cat. I couldn't quite figure if they were going to make him a villain or a hero. He's kind of stuck in some stasis, but never did he seem anything but a good cat, man. Are you tight with him at all, and what what do you know about his diagnosis? Yeah, he's he's a good friend of mine. and one of the nicest guys, and I've been I've been in the game a long time, Dennis. You know, almost thirty years at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's he's one of my favorite guys that I've ever wrestled with. I must have had I don't know maybe fifty matches with him I'm, all across the world. I was thinking the day we headlined like the first show ever in China was Jericho versus versus Roman Reigns, um, and just a great guy behind the scenes as well. He's just a good old good old boy, you know, from from Pensacola, Florida. He's a Samoan guy, which means they're the, the, the nicest guys, but mm-hmm. they can drink a lot too. Um, and actually, it was one of those moments that we have a group text, and I was actually driving to pick up some food for my kids the other night, and I started getting a bunch of texts on the group text. You know, we're with you, and we got your mm-hmm. back. And I was like, "What happened?" And then I heard that he announced that he had leukemia. I literally had to pull over the car. It was one of those yeah. moments like I couldn't like what? I can't believe this and. Um, you know, I've talked to him since and, and he's in good spirits and just kind of starting the initial stages of this treatment for, for leukemia, which, you know, it's one of those things, it's a word and, you know, I, I'm sure you might have the same situation. If you don't know anybody that has this, right? you don't really know what it is. Like, what's leukemia? I don't know. So I went and researched it and kind of see all the, you know, all the elements of what it is and kind of all the fighting that and, and, and treatments that he's going to have to do. But it's, it's never really happened before where you get the legit top guy in the company uh, who's the world champion. Yes. Who has to relinquish his champion to basically go fight for his life, you know, and that's something that I think took everybody uh, by surprise. Including well, God all the bless some folks. Back. Nobody really knew what was going to happen that night. Everybody, uh, everybody who talks about the cat says he's such a good guy. So when you hit your knees tonight and you're saying your prayers, uh, the big man's in truly the fight of his life. So say a prayer for him. Uh, you can say his wrestling name or you can use his his uh, real name. God sure. knows both. I think God has the the, uh, the the express package on the WWE, so he knows him under either name. But say a, <laughs> say a prayer for the guy, and uh, we, we wish him well because, boy, nobody has a bad word to say about him. Life can be such a, a motherfucker. It is unbelievable that you take stuff seriously. You really got If you're listening within earshot, I do this too. The next time you're in traffic and you're pissed off you just got to grab yourself by the collar and say shut up it gets so weird and it gets weird in a millisecond so uh, no and you're and you're right about that you know when something like that happens like and, and wrestling is, is a strange animal it's neither fish nor fowl it's got you know one foot in reality one foot in in in, in deception so there was people and obviously these people didn't last very long we were even wondering oh is this all just a big story and it's like when real things like that happen in the world of wrestling, it's very hard to, to, to accept because it's not based on reality. It's based around storyline and fantasy. So when real world issues come in, it does take everyone by surprise. And it does put a lot of perspective on things to where, you know, you're angry because your steak was undercooked at yes. Fago. And you send it back yelling and then realize, you know, yeah, the next day you could wake up and have something else a lot worse happening to you. Um, you know, when I go and I've been I've been probably a dozen times in my life when I was a kid, I used to go a lot more. But in the modern era, I've probably been to a dozen events. I always find that 
you know, you waste your time if you're talking to people in that crowd about do you think this is real or not? They think it's real in the state that it is, which is almost like a product or something. I, I, I don't watch them like they're watching a boxing match or something. I think it's classic hero, villain, uh, drama, the long lead up to the ring. You can tell people get their yayas out on the approach to the ring. And then, you know, I watch a guy like The Undertaker. I see as he, and I think he's come back for a bout since, but I remember watching his last bout thinking, my God, he's meant something to these people over the years. It really is the whole melange of show business, human ups and downs, yeah. uh, basic core storylines of life and the wrestling. It's pretty, it's a pretty amazing thing that McMahon has concocted over there. I know he didn't invent wrestling, but certainly he's been the P.T. Barnum of it or the person who stylized it perfectly. Absolutely. And the thing about wrestling, like for people, there's still people that don't get it, and, and that's fine, but they'll be like, oh, that stuff isn't real. Well, listen, I just went and saw Halloween two nights ago with my daughters. And listen, I know Mike, Michael Myers isn't real. I know that Jamie Lee Curtis, his name is Jamie Lee Curtis and not Laurie Strode. Mm-hmm. But when you're watching that movie, if it's a great, well-done movie, you get into it. You believe what's happening, and you don't want bad things to happen to the people that you care about. Or you do want to see Michael Myers mm-hmm. get you know burned in a fire or die or whatever it may be. And I think that's the same thing with wrestling is that – at this stage, people know that it's show business and a storyline. But if you're really, really good at what you do, you can take people's belief and suspend it to where they're really into it. When they walk into the venue, they know it's a show. When they walk out, they know it's a show. But if you're doing your job properly, when it's happening, they're into it as much as you can be into anything else. Any great movie, any great play that you go to on Broadway. And that's the secret of what wrestling is. You know, it, it, it's, it's not a, a matter of if it's real or not real. It's the storyline behind it. And then throw in the fact that it is basically a live stunt show where you are taking your licks, and it does get real sometimes beyond you know Roman yeah. Reigns' situation. Where you, guys you know, tear out their knee and they're out for eight months or get concussions and have to retire on the spot. That happens too, and that's, like I said, it's neither fish nor foul. It's a very strange form of entertainment that's unlike any other. Listen, I, I went to the uh, WrestleMania at uh, Jerry Jones's place a few years ago. Dallas. Yeah, I saw you there. Yeah, and I was back uh, stage, and I bump, bumped into a couple guys, and all of a sudden they were very nice to me, and they guess they had some seats up front. Uh, and I went up and sat very close. And I'm, I'm telling you, folks, I watched Vince McMahon's kid who seems to be like 45 himself. Or he's, I'm not talking about kid, teenager. I'm talking about middle-aged yeah. guy. He must have went up 40 feet under the top of a cage, and it happened to happen right in front of me. I'm talking about I'm like five feet away, and I say to my son, well, what is this about? And he said, I don't know if he's trying to prove something to this old man or not, but he's going to go off that. <laughs> he dove off it. You you remember the event? and, and Yeah. And I, I guess he's done it more than once. He hits this freaking table right in front of me, splits it in half. And I'm thinking if he miscalculates that jump from there, he's dead. He's just dead. By an inch. By an inch, yeah. And stuff like that. Like, I've never been. I've done some daring things, but never anything like that. I remember one time that, that match was called a hell in the cell. And I had a hell in the cell once back in, I think, 2002 or three, mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I'm going to do a, a, a jumping crossbody off this cage onto a group of people. And you're standing on the ground looking up, and you're thinking, that's not very far. When you climb up on top of it and look down and see people that look the size of, you know, the grasshoppers, yes. you're thinking, this is insane. I would yeah. never, I would never jump off this, ever, ever, ever. So when you see stuff like that, that's just another level of insanity. And the fact that you're doing it of your own free will, I guess is part of being a thrill seeker or something along those lines. But Shane's a different level of that, Vince's son. I, I would never even consider doing that. Um, no, you know, that's Freudian been, there. That, that's something the old man can't do. So I think he's well, carving out yeah. turf there. <laughs> yeah. and, and by the way, leaping crossbody onto a group of people. I'm reading right now the Weinstein court transcripts, and that's in there. That's an official charge. So <laughs> that, that was there, exactly. He just had a fly in this when he did it. <laughs> All right, brother. It's good to talk to you, man. You're a good cat, and I appreciate your time. We got the cruise this weekend. It's sold out, and then we got the uh, what's the event on my birthday again? Uh, Streaming for Vengeance, uh, and that's a, a pay per view on Fight TV. F I T E. 
TV, as you said. And that's kind of uh, some of the big matches from the cruise from a lot of people that wanted to check it out that couldn't make it on this cruise on this year's version. They'll get a chance to check it out on pay-per-view on November 3rd. Also All right, known brother. as Dennis Miller's birthday. How's your, uh, how's your life? How's your babies? How's your wife? Did they get scared at Halloween? Did you comfort them? I, no, the girls loved it. They, they, uh, they're at the age, they're 12, so their reviews are very cool. I showed them the original Halloween, and their big problem was one that Lester the dog died. I've seen Halloween 30 times. I didn't know that dog's name was Lester, but they got it. And the other thing they said, uh, they, told, they said, Michael Myers, all he does is choke people and stab people. He needs to get more creative. <laughs> and so that was a big review. Out of the mouths of babes, man. Out exactly, of the mouths man. of babes. All right, brother. Exactly. Have a great holiday season. It's good to hear your voice. I miss you. Miss you too, Dennis. And maybe one of these days we'll get a call from the History Channel that they'll bring the quad <laughs> back and put us on TV. Uh, I've got an idea for a show about famous speech karaoke competition where people get up there and do the Gettysburg Address and, you know, Lincoln-Douglas debates and, like, Star Search. Just my idea. De- just throwing it debating, out. Debating which strain of the Black Plague was the most sexy. There's a lot of different topics we can do. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we'll talk at you, Krista. Later, my man. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dennis. Bye-bye. Christian. Yes, sir. His name is Chris Jericho? Yeah. Okay. Nice man. Yeah. He is a good cat. God, we laugh so hard. That he seems that like that a thing. fun guy. Because yeah. we knew, like, within five seconds, the guy told me the premise, and I had to get a cervical spine collar on it. I had to, <laughs> you know, pull my neck listening to it. I said, what is the premise here? Because <laughs> I was supposed to read all the notes, and then I... Naturally, I didn't. So wow. I get there and I they go. Uh, there's like a crowd of people who look like the they've been on an aircraft carrier and the North Koreans took them hostage and they're being forced to read a message against their will. <laughs> it's the middle of the afternoon. One of those audiences, you know, where they put them on a bus and they're from Slovenia and they go, "You want to be in show business?" Then they're in a fucking hot spruce goose hanger in the middle of the day. It's a thousand degrees and you're giving them juice boxes and they hate your guts. <laughs> Hooray for Hollywood. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Now, I lost all my notes, Christian, so I'm going to let you team me up. To, uh, um, I, I hope Chris didn't think I was uh, being roundabout. Did he have anything else he wanted to talk about? No, those Honest are the things God, he wanted to can promote. Can you believe iPads and shit? Where does shit go? I was reading at the beginning saying, oh, Chris has got a cruise. Yeah. And then somehow I must have hit a button or one of these little asshole icon apps. So sick of their... Do you ever hold on an app too long and it starts to get all shaky? Yes, yes. And, and well, that happened. And somehow a- I lost your notes, and I thought, I hope I'm hitting the pertinence with Christoph. Did I miss anything that we should plug on the back end? I mean, I, I don't and know. And listen, that- I know you react overly quickly when I say plug on the back end, but think this over. <laughs> This is the one time where I'll take my time and think about a plug on the back end. I don't think he he needs the help, but uh, he did just have the 500th episode of his podcast. And only a couple years ago, you were on the 200th episode. So I I don't quite realize. What is he doing him? 24-7? 24-7? I think he. I think he's only doing two a week, but uh, I guess it's every oh, single week. Second. Then you're telling me that's 300 weeks since I was on two a week? Well, no, there'd be 100, I was on 150 weeks. Yeah. Wow. I remember he had the coolest little tape recorder. I felt like it was with, in the garage with Deep Throat or something. <laughs> Pulled out this little spy recorder. We were sitting in some hotel out near um, Nobu in Malibu. What was that about? I think oh, that's, that's right. I had been kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were in a hangar getting a juice box from the North Koreans. <laughs> Uh, uh, so listen, whatever time we have left, I'm fried. Can I tell you today, Jimmy? I got up and I hiked with Jimmy. Right. And uh, when I say Jimmy, I know you think I meant the guy I was hiking with last week, Connors. But no, this is Jimmy Stewart. Somehow he's come back to life. We walk, me, him, and the six-foot invisible rabbit. But no, I go hiking with Jimmy Connors, and, uh, and today he wants to push it. So he says, you want to go up this hill? And I go, you know, I don't want to be a pussy. The guy won yeah. like, so many majors, and I'm... Just uh, flattered to be hanging with him. So, you know, I go, yeah, I walk up this hill. This this hill is like the, the, the Rainbow Bridge to Asgard. We're just going and going. And I say to Jimmy, hey, uh, brother, does this, do we pivot down at any point? Because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting uh, hypothermia here. And he said, I don't know. I've never been up here. I go, what the <laughs> fuck are you testing it out on me for? I'm an, I'm an idiot. 
So anyway, we got up there and it just kept going and going to the point you ever had this moment in a hike where you don't catch the downdraft. You got to turn around and walk down the way you came. That's how. Uh, so I'm gassed. Not making much sense. I started to do the podcast today. There's a guy with a drill down in my garage. I don't know what the hell he's doing there. I hear, <laughs> I go down and I say, hey, brother, I'm, I'm, I'm on the radio. Do you think and he looks be? at me and goes, well, how long is it going to be? <laughs> I said, I live here. He's, oh, sorry. Was it possibly Eddie Van Halen getting ready for tour rehearsals? <laughs> I think he was rat- Indy 500 ratcheting some more hair plugs into Biden's head. And he had gone in a groove too deep and severed some discernment lobe on Big Joe, who's going to be my next president. Can I tell you how happy I am about that? Hi, I'm Big Joe Biden. This morning I ate at the Invisible Diner with my friend Lenny and Cujo. Well, if you lost your notes, then the most important thing that I think I need to pass on to the audience is that Dennis's, oh, do some plugs. Yeah, Dennis's new comedy special. I got a sell ticket. Listen, I'll be honest with you. You can do these smooth and slick yeah. and act like you rule the roost. You got to buy tickets to these, or I am out. Completely out of show business. Well, the first thing is. Listen, I'm. I'm I, Christian, how close am I out to show? But you want to know how close I am? This morning, I read for the part of Maggio <laughs> in From Here to Eternity with Fred Zimmerman. <laughs> it's me and Sinatra. Uh, that's how close I am now. So um, somebody's got to go to these shows. So give them the plugs. All right. Christian. So the, the, shut the up for most important thing is if, if you're not in someone's neighborhood, they can get your new comedy special, Fake News, Real Jokes. That'll be released by Comedy Dynamics ah! November 6th. You can get that on Amazon, iTunes, Steam, Google Play, and several other platforms. And there'll also be an album released the same day for those of you who like your physical media. But if you are in or around the Morongo Casino in Cabazon, California, next Friday, November 2nd, you can see Dennis. And then... Let's hey, you look- mean this, right? You're not, like, shitting on me in no. some way? Because I took my earphones off no. for a second. Come back, and you're so effervescent. I think you guys... No. Are you winding me up or are you pitching I'm, these? I'm pitching all of these. I mean... Like, I, don't be an asshole. I'm not going hey, any Don't treat it. me like your asshole. So I will not put my <laughs> finger in you? <laughs> <laughs> You can also see Dennis and Mark Stein, Reading, Pennsylvania, February 22nd, Syracuse, New York, February Mm -hmm. 23rd, Rochester, New York, March 1st, Mm -hmm. and Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, March 2nd. All right. Somebody buy these ducats. Did you give the address and all that? The uh, Mark Stein ones just go to Ticketmaster.com. The Morongo, also Ticketmaster.com. Is Morongo an Indian casino? Oh, well, I mean, do you Is want to call tribe? it that? Or should Was we that call- Alex Karras's character in <laughs> Blazing Saddles? Wasn't he named Morongo? <laughs> he, he was. Uh, yes, it, it is. Uh, there are a proud tribe outside of Palm Springs. Well, come on out. I'll be with my opener, Elizabeth Warren. And uh, she's going to, what, summon up some rain or something. <laughs> some sort of. Little chant that makes it rain. <laughs> I'm so sick of hiding from every bad joke in the world. Take me off. I beg you. Take me off the air. What a whiny culture. All right. What else is up, Christian? Well, uh, I. Anything? Are we, no, I mean, how much I think. Have we done? Uh, we could be done if you want to. No, let's I, go a little longer today. I'm having. You know what? This scratches my brain. Honest to God, I'm not out there doing much now. A rally, something happened there. Next thing you know, I'm off. And, and uh, something. I, I, I know nothing. Oh, I know. I'm like uh, Schultz on Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> Not, I know nothing. But uh, how many dates am I doing? Maybe 20 a year? Uh, yeah, I think that's about right. Do yeah. the pod. Yeah. And. Uh, so the, the pod is good for my brain because yeah. uh, I come in here and it's sort of like uh, I take a core a loofah to my prefrontal cortex <laughs> and scratch it up. So throw me anything, Chris. All right. Well, I'm interested in this story uh, about 
Megyn Kelly uh, now apologizing for saying that blackface might be okay. Not so much for what she said, but the way that NBC immediately started covering it around the clock, because I think that might be a contract that uh, they're having some second thoughts about. You know, they uh, were using footage, uh, covering it like it happened on another network. You know, they're like, oh, my God, look at this terrible thing that Megyn Kelly did for saying that we remember blackface was okay when we were kids if you were dressed up as in a costume. You know, just an opinion, but uh, then she's got uh, Al Roker basically in tears this morning on the Today Show talking about it, and uh, I find it's interesting that it's the same network that is, uh, you know, putting so much time in raking her over the coals about it. I'm not fucking talking about it. I know. Well, My life's good right now. <laughs> sure good, is. Good for you. Glad to have some opinions on it. <laughs> Think I want to be dumped into that shit? Probably store? not. <laughs> yeah, here's my opinion. God, next. <laughs> uh, did you hear about the uh, Broncos backup quarterback, Chad Kelly? Yeah, what is he? he, he <laughs> Just he, wandering he, like into the babbling. Room. Yeah, in the wrong house. Uh, imagine that. You wake up here, Denver Bronco fan. And the cat was a, a Hispanic, right? I believe so. He yes. had a real, like, don't fuck with me name. Yeah. Made me, made me laugh. Like, you want to stumble into somebody's real name, Eddie Linkletter, instead of uh, <laughs> Raymond Hiosos. <laughs> I thought, Christ, wrong house to stumble into. Check the mailbox before you stumble into the wrong house. <laughs> Your old lady's doing a mid mid middle-of-the-night breastfeed, and she calls you. Because the, the 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 Broncos backup quarterback is sitting on your couch on X or something. Go, Red forty two, Red forty two. Christ! How did he get in the house? He can't get in the game. How? Oh, say what you will about Elway, but he only broke into high end houses. Really, you know, mansions. Elway when he would break. Um, so what did, did it turn out the guy was on? I don't know. You can listen. Denver, here's my guess. Uh, he's a straight kid. He's a second-string quarterback. He's been holding a clipboard his whole life. He's getting his freak on with a local chick, and she's there. Here, have a Toll House cookie. Because <laughs> it's Denver, you yeah, know? of course. So he's he's on a Famous Amos thing, and the next thing you know, he's fucking naked in a stranger's house. You know, reading the Book of the Dead. <laughs> I think that's what happened. you got to watch those edibles, kids. Because uh, you remember Mo Dowd wrote that article? Maureen Dowd? Well, I, re I remember... Uh... She was in Denver for something, right. speaking engagement. What's her honorarium? Why can't I get that gig? Well, Anybody who has a gig, I want. If you'd step in line and uh, follow some marching orders like Mo I Dowd did. dancing for the man. Well, there you go. I do... <laughs> Not dance for the man. But anyway, she ate like a, uh, you know, some sort of uh, THC-laced keto or something. Yeah. And she was up all night wondering if she was going to jump out the window. So I think, uh, you know, if you're in Denver and you want to get your freak on, you might do a vape or something of a couple hits. Sure. Or a gummy. But you don't want to eat a whole cookie. Because no. next thing you know, you're, Christ, they're putting you in in the third quarter for the Broncos and they've got no <laughs> left tackle. Well, I did read earlier today that they the Broncos have waived Chad Kelly. So apparently breaking into someone's house is uh, not something that they stand by. I'm surprised he couldn't come up with a good reason for that that Elway would have bought. <laughs> I think if he'd had a little bit more time to maybe come down, he would have been able to. And, and here's the odd twist. They also cut Case Keenum just for the hell of it. <laughs> Keenum said, what did I do? They said, you didn't stop him. Why wasn't he in the session with you? You got you know to straighten that whole thing out. They got to get one of the fourteen McCown brothers in there. <laughs> Every time I turn around, there's an elder statesman McCown brother. Is that their name, McCown or McNown? They're backups everywhere with Sam Darnold in New York. There's like forty of them. It's like bonanza, and they're always counseling the young kid. Hey, uh, Cade. I'm about to break into the stranger's house and mumble in the middle of the night while she's breastfeeding. Should I do that? <laughs> no. Get your head in your playbook. What else is up? Well, there? apparently, uh, just a, a little footnote. Before he was arrested. Do you have over-the-ear headphones or on-the-ear? Uh, over-the-ear headphones. Christ, mine is like, what do they call that when you put fish in a bag? Sous vide or something? I am sous vide in my ear here. It's so steamy and and weird. Does anybody listen? What's our email, Christian? 
I like to look for things on Twitter. I, I don't. Uh, we don't really have an email. Is this like steam shrimp that immediately when you're done steaming it, you put it in some ice water to hold it in a stasis? Should I put my ears? Because my ear is so itchy right now and hot. And all right, next question. Well. There was a topic that uh, you brought up a few weeks ago here hmm. on The Option. I, I know what you speak of. <laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'll just let you finish. <laughs> I don't know what you speak uh, of. I don't remember. Did we have a wrestler on today? I don't even remember this show. Yeah, we had Captain Lou Albano. Uh, he only talked about uh, Cindy Lauper, though. He didn't Why did uh, Albano wear the uh, rubber band in the beard? What was that about? Because we're still talking about it 35 years later? I don't know. Is that a hip switched on move? And what was his? What was the manager's name? Was it the Imperial Wizard or Grand Wizard? Isn't that a clan term? I believe he had so, a little yes. guy in a turban with yeah. like he looked like Swifty Lazar, and he had glasses on. Oh, I remember a Swifty Lazar story. I went to the Oscars party one night with uh, Robin, uh, and uh, Robin was the king of Hollywood. Everybody wanted, you know, Robin. And, I was with him <laughs> off his shoulder. We got separated by six inches going to the Spago party up by Tower Records on Sunset. And honest to God, Swifty Lazar stepped in like uh, somebody taking an offensive charge, you know what I mean, in basketball, and grabbed me. And I remember him saying, who are you? You can't. All these photographers. And Robin <laughs> turned around. And this is how omnipotent Robin was. It went from literally like I got too near the president to Robin said, Swifty's with me, to all of a sudden Swifty I, you know, gave me his power of attorney. It happened that quickly. <laughs> It was such it was such a graphic depiction to me of uh, how some people absolutely love fame. Robin was always cool about it, but Swifty Lazar, you could see that he had been on the shoulder of all the greats, and that was his thing, his singing or his acting was stepping in in the millisecond that Robin and I had detached and holding me at bay until Robin just gave me the imprimatur, and all of a sudden I was made in the shade. You know, they had I was in the spaga, and they were making those uh, all white pizzas then, and no. Nothing racial there. It's just they didn't use sauce. And uh, that's my memory. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. No, just, no, no. Ian, are you a brother? I don't even. What are you? Are you uh, I'm talking about black issues over here. Are you a brother? My dad's black. Beautiful, my friend. I thought I had a soulful brother in the room. Ian's my guy. He comes over every week. We hang out together. Because, uh, Christ, the technology on this show was bad at the beginning. And just by his positive presence, everything's pulled together. And we have a good time. He's a good cat, man. I enjoy your company, brother. And I like showing off for him a little. Isn't that funny that comedians like to make people... There's something about hearing you, Christian, but there's something about having the cat in the room who you can make laugh. I, it's it's almost like your Pavlov's dog is a comedian. When you're sitting here alone, you just feel like you're being odd and bothersome. But when you have somebody here and you can actually elicit a smile or laugh, all of a sudden you're back. You might as well be on stage in front of a couple thousand people. That's all you you need. And quite frankly, Christian, I don't trust your laugh anymore because you're on my dime. When was, when was the last time? <laughs> when was the last time you actually found me funny, Christian? Uh, who was who was, was president? The, LBJ. When was the black and white special? <laughs> <laughs> Around thirty years yeah, ago. Okay, probably oh, one time since then. Listen, nobody, nobody feigns closeness and love and appreciation like you do, and that's what I love about. You. <sighs> uh, the point I was going to make up was something that I thought you were, you know, you brought it up. It seemed very tongue in cheek, but now hey, hey, Michael Avenatti hey. says. Avenatti says he might run for president in 2020 because he doesn't see any Democratic candidates. Well, I, think he, I think he represents current democracy or Democratic Party. I think he'd be uh, who are they going to. I was looking at their thing and it was like I was watching the swimming pool scene in Cocoon. They've got Hillary. What is she? Seventy five. Bernie Sanders is like, uh, I think, about the same age, but he looks like he's eight hundred. Biden. What, what are you kidding me? Biden's birthday was uh, B.C. You know, it's like the, the oldest 
bad plug jobs. That'll tell you when somebody's old because they've got plugs down now. I know. I've got around 5,000 hair plugs. Can you tell when you intermittently see me on television that I have hair plugs? No. Because I waited till the right time. Biden, he had his plugs done by Jules Verne. It's like they slap <laughs> a giant squid on your head and suck out these big. So, but that's how old Biden is. Squid head. And he, those are the three front runners for the presidency over there. So why not Avenatti? Is he too, too young? I think that, that, you know, for the establishment to put him out front, I think they're like, well, you know, it's not necessarily his turn yet. Well, can you think of anybody who better represents core Democratic Party values right now than Michael Avenatti? I can't think of anyone, but All I right, feel like they're more him. likely to run somebody like Let's Corey get it Booker. on. I think I think they think that he'd be like Trump, but I think they shortchanged Trump. I think there was something more going on there. And oddly enough, I think it was Trump's connection with the proletariat and the Rust Belt. They can talk all they want about Russians. Uh, you know, when I'm with somebody who says the Russians did this, I always go, you're right. Fucking Russians. I'm telling you, that day when I was there, you know, voted in front of me, Trotsky. So I always just roll with it because I don't want to talk about it. But I don't think it was the Russians. I think she screwed up and she lost three Rust Belt states that she probably should have won. But the track record on treating the middle class in those three states sucked. And then she chose not to go to Wisconsin. So she, That's all that happened. You can tell that they know that's all that's happened because all they do is talk about the electoral college should go. You know, Hillary believes in paying for everybody's college unless it's the electoral. And I think that that's all that happened there is they, they lost a little of the fringe of the doily in the Rust Belt by a shitty track record. And she should have showed up in Wisconsin. I think if they win any of those three, uh, what is it, uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Ohio, uh, and it's either Michigan or Minnesota, they're the same to me. I'm sorry, Michigan, Minnesota, or Japan and China. I know you're going to tell me there's a big difference between Japan and China. Yeah, all right. Once again, I'll pretend I care. They're all Hawaiian islands. Uh, there's <laughs> obviously a lot of really important... It's a bedroom. So you're saying to me China is a bedroom community yeah. in Kauai. Yeah, absolutely. All right. It's I think very we all know that. There's a lot of important stories we could talk about this week, but none more important than this one out of Kansas City. Uh, a man whose excessive flatulence forced a police detective mm. to cut short an interrogation has now pled guilty to federal gun and drug charges well listen i've been to kc and uh it is a baked bean hub <laughs> so if you're going to have irritable bowel why not have it in a place where there's always a hearty legume right at, at arm's length because you can just feed them in they're like fart tic tacs you pop a bean in comes right out Eventually, they're reading your Miranda rights to a stranger down the hall because they don't want to be with you. So I say, if you've got them, fart them. Uh, there's a uh, list that's come out, uh, conducted by PBS, of the top 20 novels. And I thought some of these oh, might well, interest let me you. Guess, let me guess. Let me guess. Well, m- number one has to be Moby Dick, right? Uh, it, is, it is not Moby Dick, actually. It, it, it is. Wait, a, I don't even want to hear the list. Is Moby Dick not in the top 20? Well, number one is uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, for what that's worth. Well, that's a PBS list. Listen, it's a g- great book. Although, I think they're probably going to start book burning it, right? Because they don't believe the woman? Uh, yeah, I think. I, I think that book's about to go the way of uh, Huckleberry Finn in that, because in the book, the young woman accuses uh, the, uh, what is his name, Tom? Uh, accuses uh, Atticus's client of raping her. And I think they probably have to they're going to have to start discarding that book if you're not going to believe the woman under the current precepts. Right. Yeah. And I think there are some obvious problems with Moby Dick in terms of the title. So I think neither one. (laughs) Moby, however, he chose chooses to identify would probably be a better title for that book. Where is Moby on that list? Because really, it's it's actually not on the list. Atlas Shrugged is number 20. Well, yeah. listen, I love Atlas Shrugged. Moby Dick is not on that list. It's not a serious list. I mean, Start it ticking a... these off for me, and I'll see okay. which ones I've read, because I have such a dearth of reading fiction. Okay. I, I know you're going to say, uh, uh, you know, that uh, who's the free associative guy, James Joyce? I don't even want to hear that shit. <laughs> it's like, you know what James Joyce is? It's a fucking backup quarterback for Denver sitting on your couch. <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll start with number one, which, as I mentioned, was To Kill a Mockingbird. After that is a series of books called Outlander that I'm not familiar with. Number three, The Harry... Wait a second. You mean 
Sean Connery in a cotton piece running around with a sword? That's number two. Those are Highlander, and uh, oh, that's okay. the greatest uh, film of all time. Jesus, obviously. I thought, what the? What are you <laughs> kidding me? Number three is Heckle and Jekyll versus the Aztec Mummy. Give me the third. <laughs> the third is the Harry Potter series. Well, that's a sweet notion, but come on, this is a very PBS list. Yeah. I can tell you this is a subsidized list. <laughs> uh, number four, Pride and Prejudice. All right. Number five, the Lord of the Rings series. Oh, this, is, this is like a crazy list. <laughs> Who's this, who put this list together? Ricky Rockman from MTV? <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would kill you, that reference. Is that his name? Yeah, he was sitting there with Slash. Absolutely. <laughs> Ricky, I would tune in every day. He had a different tat every day. His tats had tats. <sighs> and I just remember him always being in the faddish sort of, uh, you know, he's like Art Bell meets Queequeg or something. <laughs> anyway, what's next? Uh, I, I, I'm aghast. Moby Dick's not on this. Gone and we'll wrap up soon. Sure. I know you got to go, folks. This podcast is really just limping into the bar we start with chris jericho we go through a book list come on that just shows that we can do anything here uh gone with the wind is number six uh charlotte's hmm. web number seven <laughs> nightmare list <laughs> little women number eight is heart of darkness on here is there no 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 uh the the narnia series number nine <laughs> This is crazy. Uh, uh, Super Mario uh, puts glass packs on his go kart is number ten. What well, that's kind of an list is that's this? an adapted work, so that wouldn't qualify for the list. Uh, Jane, Eyre. go through them quickly. Yep, Jane Eyre, number ten. All right. Anne of Green Gables, eleven. Here's a good one that belongs on the list: Grapes of Wrath, number twelve. Uh, Thirteen, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Fourteen, The Book Thief. Fifteen, The Great Gatsby. 16, The Help. 17, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. 18, 1984. 19, and then there were none. And 20, Atlas Shrugged. So wait a second. You're saying 18 was 1984? Correct. They're just fucking with us. <laughs> Honest to God, they're just, that, that's nerds sitting over at PBS on the government's dime saying, make 18, 19, <laughs> and make 19, 18, 1812. Yeah, 1812. Uh, all right. Well, that's a crap list. I don't have to tell you that. I'm hardly well-read, but that is a crap list. There's uh, Moby Dick's not on it. Heart of Darkness isn't on it. And uh, what? The, the the episode where the uh, the human torch uh, <laughs> and Sue Storm got stuck in an elevator to Baxter Building. That's certainly got to be in there. All right. We're going to wrap. We got any questions from the fans? I went a little overtime today, and you can see why I keep it under an hour, because this really turned into mindless drivel. But that's the kind of drivel that I like. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, we got, you know, speaking of our guest, the, uh, the wrestler, Chris Jericho. Wait, wait a second. I kept Ian over, and he's getting a little militant on me. Over. Uh-oh. What's up, brother? I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, what's the query? Well, we got a, uh, a tweet from a uh, former WWE World Heavyweight Champion, Dolph Ziggler was his name, and he heard David Spade on this show, and uh, he then picked up his book, thanks to at Dennis DMZ, that's you, and uh, he appreciated having David on the show, and he enjoyed David's book. Can I tell you something about Dolph Ziggler? Hmm. Check the right hand. He's got a foreign object. Check his right hand. All right. I'm going to go. I've got a phone call to make at 315. Got World Series action tonight. What yep. is up with uh, What's up with our, our boy Christian in L.A.? Nine and nine in the postseason, though. It's you know. He seems like such a great guy, and I know I've watched him. Something about as I watched him last night, Kershaw. I found the knee going up to the chest is a cool. I thought he was blowing through the hitch and is getting up down low. You I, know, there are times when I watch him where he really like goes, you know, Ralph Macchio with Miyagi on the the the, the, the stork leg. 
when he stops that at the bottom, wasn't he? Didn't it look like he was rushing it a little or something? Or am I just no? I didn't think like that I at the time, but now that you're saying it, I mean, you know, when there's any kind of adversity, you know, it uh, it does seem to throw him off. I mean, last year in the World Series, he pitched great. That uh, what three years ago when they played the Mets in the Division Series, you know, he just blew them all away. And I think when he's he's on in the playoffs, it's great, but it, it's very inconsistent. Nine and nine, yeah, brother. that's an odd. Uh, that's an odd legacy because certainly regular season he's got to be. Is he potentially the greatest pitcher of the last decade? I mean, nobody's coming to my mind for somebody who's yeah. There's know, been got- guys for a year that cat in Chicago lit it up for a couple years, but uh, oh, Jake Arrieta. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you look at the few years since then. You know, that was definitely yeah. It's the been blip, nightmare. Yeah. So I, I and Kershaw seems like the nicest of men, but all you can say is it's like Greg Norman, two majors, right? Yeah. So obviously a great golfer, but nine, uh, nine and nine in the postseason. Man, I don't quite get it. Who do we got tonight, Christian? Well, uh, it'll be uh, David Price for the Red Sox, mm, which is well, something. He's got a little Kershaw-itis, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, uh, I think he got his first playoff yeah, win good. Yeah, last time. And uh, Hunjin, So he'll probably be juiced, man. I you know what so. I mean? And I don't mean juiced in a negative way. No. I just mean he had his breakthrough the last game, so I'd keep my eye on Price tonight. He's probably feeling it big time. Yeah. And, and who's the Dodgers? Hunjin Ryu. Hey, I didn't ask about me. <laughs> Who's pitching for the Dodgers? Don't, uh, Christ, that's my CB handle. <laughs> it's Kershaw again. That'll just be an easier answer. <laughs> Hung what? Hunjin Ryu. Well, he'll, if he can give him six, they can bring in some young guy. <laughs> All right, I got to go. Jesus, I'm sorry, folks. I really don't know what happened today. I blame Jericho. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he hung me up because I usually, <laughs> you know, I'm usually a convivial guy. Yeah. But now I'm sitting here and he took the limelight for a second and that pisses me off because this is all about me. Is this, is this podcast called The Walls with Jericho? No, it's the Dennis <laughs> Miller option. All right, I got to go. We'll talk at you down the road. And uh, any any ads I got to read, Christian, or anything? We don't have any ads. And uh, Jesus, yeah, that's a chill shot. Well, no, we did them all on, on Monday. Oh, I swear to God, the uh, podcast is being downloaded more. Yes. Folks, tell your friends out there. And listen, uh, we'll do this for the next couple of months. I'm not going to hit you up every week. It's not that Hannity or Great American thing. But... Um, Try Let's see what we can max this out at. See if it's a viable business concern. So tell your friends, say, listen, we've got an odd one over here. I can't say it's always, you know, locked down, but at least the guy's uh, uh, not writing at all. You know, I'm not, we're just sort of riffing. So if anybody, if you know anybody who's into a more extrapolative uh, podcast, send them over here. I don't know what it's going to be about in any given week, but uh, Christian makes me laugh. So we'll leave it at that. Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here.